Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New York Giants. This is the Giants Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Giants Wire editor, Dan Benton. I mean, what makes the uh, Giants situation so attractive to you? And, and welcome to New York. Hey, how you doing? Um, really just, you know, the pieces on offense, you know. Um, those guys actually kind of reached out to me. And I like, you know, the vision that Coach Joe Judge had. And, you know, Jason Garrett as far as the offense. And I was all the way in. Did Daniel Jones reach reach out to you, and if he uh, in trying to recruit you, and if he did, what did he say? Uh, he reached out. Um, you know, he just said, you know, some of the, how how good of a player that he thought I was, and I pretty much said the same thing about him. And you know, he also just said, you know, we're trying to do something great here, and that's what I'm all about. Come on, Dan. Of course, Daniel Jones reached out to Kenny Galladay. He's like, man, I need a receiver. Come on, man, I need you. I need you. So. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, we have been dreaming that Kenny Galladay would come to the Giants. We've been talking about how great he would look in that uniform. You guys on the Giants Wire had the post of Galladay photoshopped in that Giants number 19. And I think Giants fans have been fawning over that idea, right? Oh, man, how great would it be? Well, it actually happened. Kenny Galladay to the Giants, part of kind of a free agent frenzy by Dave Gettleman and the team. They're making moves, man, and I'm sure the Giants fan base is uh, very excited about that. I know it's been a couple days now, but what's your uh, what's your reaction to Kenny Galladay actually being a New York Giant now? I think it's amazing. You know, I, the big deal was obviously whether or not you know the health checked out. They gave him a full run through as you know as far as MRIs and tests and physicals and you know some other drills and things of that nature and. Everything came back clean, and, and they dove in, and, hey, the Giants got that number one wide receiver. Um, it's kind of funny to watch the national media reaction to that signing compared to the local and beat writer reaction. A little to different, that isn't it? A little different. It, it is very, very different. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe the national guys and, and, and gals are seeing something that I'm, I'm not seeing and that the other beat writers aren't seeing, but for the Giants – Hey, listen, that's the perfect fit. They went into free agency knowing darn well that they had to sign the playmaker. And whether it comes via the draft or free agency, they got the number one available, period. And that's the end of that story. They got their Plexco burst for Daniel Jones. And, you know, the sky is the limit with that duo. You got the quarterback, you know, who has the best target, uh, best accuracy down the field in tight windows. And you got the best wide receiver in the game is first you know going up and getting the ball high pointing the ball and winning those contested catches and that's a recipe for success the Giants go out they, they get Kenny Galladay they also go and get a Dory Jackson from the Titans they paid him top of the market as well they agreed to terms with Kyle Rudolph they're still trying to get him signed I know there was like a snag in his physical so that's not a hundred percent but it looks like it's going to come down the road uh but you know just you see this on the it's like the national narrative, like oh you you can't spend you, you're overspent on a Dory Jackson. I know there's a lot of people out there kind of mocking the contract the Giants gave Jackson based on his injury history. Here, like my thing is, yeah, the Giants are paying top dollar. Yeah, they're they're throwing around money, the third most guaranteed money in the league, as you posted on Giants Wire, behind only Dallas and New England. Yeah, they're spending money, and you know what? Fans should not care at all, Dan. Fans should just not care at all. If maybe if they overpaid for Galladay a little bit this year based on the offseason or they overpaid for Jackson, fans shouldn't care. Shouldn't care about Leonard Williams. 
these contracts are all structured with low cap hits this year and larger hits later because in a couple mm-hmm. of years, these contract numbers are expected to be bargains based on where yeah. this NFL salary right. cap is headed, right? League just right. announced right. that $10 billion TV deal. Right. I mean, so down the road, this could look a whole lot different. I think injuries are the only concern, right? If, right. if these guys can't stay on the field, yes, you can kind of, you can start blasting the team. But why fans should not worry about the team, quote unquote, overpaying, which is like the national narrative right now, which is everyone's talking about. I think that thing is just don't even worry about it. Go ahead. Spend the money, Gettleman. Do the strategy. Do what Bill Belichick's doing. It makes all the sense in the world. I'm all for it. Yeah, I agree completely. Listen, first and foremost, I didn't expect the Giants to do this. I, I didn't. And I didn't no expect did. a lot of these free <laughs> yeah. agents. I, I didn't expect a lot of these free agents to take you know, these multi-year deals. I really expected more one-year deals because of that. Um, so what looks bad in the national eye right now when it comes to these contracts, next year when things balance out, we're not going to look as bad. And then a the year following in 2023 when everything booms, we're going to look back on these contracts as the market is reset and say, dang, you know, Dave Gettleman and Kevin Abrams did a heck of a job with these contracts because these guys are severely underpaid compared to market value now. So, you know, kudos to the players for signing on long-term. Kudos to the Giants for, you know, willingness the willingness to throw out that money and those kind of those kind of contracts. And as long as these guys stay healthy, I don't see any reason to believe that these are bad contracts. If we want to nitpick them right now based on the cap this year, well, then boo-hoo. You know, what, what do you want the Giants to sit on those piles of money that Seriously. We, we were told initially from the national media that they didn't have to spend in the first place? I mean, you know, which is it? You know, which area of criticism are we going to go with Dave Gettleman today? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> can't, can't play both sides of the same coin, and yet here we are, uh, you know, having that conversation. But like you said, I, I don't think these are bad contracts. If you want to, you know, look at them in a box – you know, as far as 2021, sure, you can make the argument that they were overpaid. But if these guys stay healthy and play up to their ability, we're going to look at these contracts next year or the year after that. And we're going to say, I know it's a tough pill to swallow, but Dave Gettleman and Kevin Abrams did a heck of a job. No, exactly. You just nailed it. Like, that's exactly how I, how I feel. Like, yes, Kenny Galladay was made the highest paid wide receiver in this year's offseason, but he's not the highest paid wide receiver overall. There's other wide receivers making more than Galladay, and that's going to change in future years. So he's going to go down the list in future years. So exactly, don't look at it in a box. Just think about long-term. That's what the Giants are doing. And I'm wondering, Dan, because you mentioned Gettleman, where are we right now with Giants fans (laughs) and their love-hate relationship with the GM, right? Like, how are they feeling about him? Are they feeling like they've got to be loving that he's trying to go all in and give the Giants (laughs) a chance to win a Super Bowl, right? I mean... Uh, it's been mostly tough on Giants fans to uh, stay positive, to, you know, except for some, uh, you know, a couple of random Super Bowl runs over the last couple decades, right? Like, uh, it's been it's been a struggle, and the Giants fans have been trying to keep their heads up. And now this is something to get really geeked up and excited about. Uh, but do they feel like this is the right thing for Gettleman to do? Are they are they excited about the aggressiveness this offseason? Well, listen, there are some outliers that you know. They need to be miserable. It's become a part of their. <laughs> yes, exactly. it's become a part of their identity. But 
for the most part, it's actually been a pretty interesting dynamic playing out, especially on, on Twitter. Uh, when it comes to Gettleman and the love-hate relationship, as you mentioned, right now the vast majority of Giants fans are, are back in love with the guy. They're actually calling him Gettle God right now is, God. is the trend. Gettle God. <laughs> I have not seen that yet. That is it's, tremendous. That, yep, Gettle God is the trend right now. Um, <laughs> it seems to be more love than hate, and I think that that's warranted and deserved. Um, he and Abrams again, and you can't really separate Abrams because the contract structures are all Abrams doing and they've been brilliant. And, um, you know, the duo have done a tremendous job, uh, with what many said, wasn't a whole lot of money, not a lot of wiggle room. Of course, you know, if you listen to the Giants Wire podcast, you know that we, uh, we repeatedly tell you that the Caps uh, situation is an illusion. And I think, you know, they, they proved that pretty clearly over the last week, um, but, yeah, as far as the fans, I would say the vast majority of them are excited. Um, they're optimistic for a change. But, you know, there's always going to be a few few outliers who, who need to pee in the punch bowl, and that's just the way that it is. The cap is absolutely an illusion. The cap is such an illusion, Dan. Yes, it is. Yes. Don't worry about the money. Fans should not worry about the money. Yeah, I, people are talking about Adoree Jackson's contract right. being an overpay. Don't listen to it. It doesn't matter. They could figure that thing out later. Do not worry. I, and I think Nate Solder is a perfect example of exactly that. You know, he played bad in, in 2019 on what was, you know, an overpay. And everybody knew it was an overpay when he signed. You've heard me say that. You've heard us discuss that. Um, you know, but everybody at the time was like, it's, it's a necessary evil. Then he played poorly. He opted out. And it looked like this was going to be kind of a crippling contract for the Giants. And yet they managed to maneuver and wiggle their way into a restructured deal, which was actually much more of a straight pay cut. And kudos to Nate Solder for recognizing that it was of the benefit of the team. It was the right decision to make for a team that supported you last year. And, you know, it's it's another example of those the criticism of Gettleman that just seems to go on and on and on. And then all of a sudden he fixes the problem. And it's like, well, now what do you got to say? Kudos to them for getting that job done. And, and I look at those, these new contracts in, in somewhat of the same eye, you know, there's the argument by some that they overpaid, but it's a necessary evil. And it's, to me, it's all like deja vu. It's like, here we go with this again. Um, so it's on Galladay, it's on Jackson, it's on Leonard Williams to stay healthy above all else. Their talent will take them the rest of the way. They just need to stay on the field, and those contracts will be completely worth it. Yep, 100%. I, I can't stand the salary cap talk and the, oh, you overspent the money thing anymore, Dan. Like, look at look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. Look at the Saints. Right. Even the Bills, they're keeping their whole team together, too. Like, it, you could figure that thing out. You could figure it out. And, you know, Bill Belichick's doing the same thing as Gettleman. Right. Belichick's the genius, and Gettleman's and the idiot, you know? <laughs> right. And it's, and it's important to, and I'm sure everybody's heard this a million times, but it's important to note that this is happening. In a year when the cap dropped for the first time ever. So when you watch these teams that were going into the new league year over the cap and there was all this concern about, oh, my goodness, what are they going to do? How are they going to manage it? And then they're dropping $125 million in guaranteed money. <laughs> There's no way you can look at that cap argument anymore and say, yep, that, that holds water. It doesn't hold water. Any team in the NFL can make whatever amount of money they need to to sign a player they want. It's always been that way. It'll always be that way. And I think we've seen that as clear as day this offseason. All right. So one of my favorite storylines that we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast is, uh, you know, know, there's a time last season where the debate was raging between team draft and team Danny Dimes. Should the Giants stay all in on Danny Dimes or should they – 
try to draft a quarterback with this number 11 overall pick they have in the draft, Dan? Well, we know right now the Giants are not drafting a quarterback. They have built this thing around Daniel Jones. So let's take a look at that offense, this new look offense for the Giants. And uh, we'll do that coming up next. Dory, welcome to New York. Um, what do you think of the football team you're joining? And, and what was the real reason that, that you ended up joining this team? Uh, I just got to thank, you know, the mayor and the Tish family, you know, foremost for appreciating me and, and wanting me, uh, Gettleman and Coach Joe. It's just one of those things where just being able to talk to them, uh, meet them face to face and uh, see what type of people they were, see how gene they were, and the conversation that we had, uh, which really played a factor in my decision. Um, by far, you know, the players can tell you one thing, but it's about meeting everybody, seeing them. Uh, that's why I wanted to take a visit, you know, see body language, see how they act, and see if everything would match up from what I was hearing on the phone and seeing the person, and, and it did. So uh, I just want to thank them again, you know, for giving me this opportunity. There's new Giants cornerback Adoree Jackson should form a uh, a pretty nasty one-two punch in that secondary with uh, James Bradbury, Dan. So looking forward to seeing how that thing shakes out. But yeah, if you're a free agent and you sit and you go to the Giants facility and you sit across from Joe Judge, uh, you might leave with like an engagement ring on your finger, right? I mean, Judge is <laughs> Judge is going to stare you down and make you believe. So uh, yeah, the Giants are definitely becoming a. Uh, a free agent destination. There's no doubt about it. Guys are, are liking what they're hearing from that organization. And I think the way the Giants kind of finished the season last year is, is case in point. But I got a kick out of watching those introductory press conferences. Uh, Galladay, we talked about earlier. He's kind of a reserved guy, right? It seems like you guys are going to have to try to extract quotes out of him all year to get really quality content. He's not going to say a lot. But Jackson was, a, you know, he's different. He was smiling, happy, talkative. Uh, two kind of different personalities, and you know we'll see how they fit in. They, you know, that shouldn't be a problem. But two different dudes. There's no doubt about that. Just watching their pressers. Oh yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, Galladay's already being referred to as the anti Odell. Sure, yeah, you, you can sort of see why he's he's very reserved. He's very quiet. He's yep. not very talkative. Uh, but he is a super friendly guy. Very nice guy. At least that's the first impression. Midori, on the other hand, that guy is going to be loved by Giants fans and it's I kind of walked away from his first Zoom call kind of feeling like I did after Judge's introductory press conference not necessarily in the same you know I want to run through a brick wall for this guy <laughs> in love but, <laughs> yeah. right you, you come away and you you just know that there are going to be people that you like and that you respect and you enjoy hearing from and like you said Adori is all smiles that dude is all optimism all positivity and I, I think from a locker room standpoint, what an, what an absolutely amazing addition he's going to be. And, if, of course, if he stays on the field, you know, granted, I, I kind of look at last season as a bit of an anomaly. He was hurt. He maybe came back a little too early. He wasn't right. Um, but prior to that, you know, he's the number four rated cover corner in the NFL. And uh, lining him up on a wide receiver, too, across from James Bradbury, the Pro Bowl. Oh boy, that sounds that sounds filthy. It really does, and I'm excited to see uh, what happens there on defense. Oh, no doubt. And the Giants made some other smaller moves on D that maybe we can get to here coming up. But I wanted to talk about the offensive little a little bit. Obviously, Daniel Jones gave Galladay his pitch. We heard about that earlier when we played <laughs> that Galladay sound. We haven't mentioned John Ross, kind of that speedy receiver from the Bengals, right. who's been kind of in and out. Injuries have kind of plagued him, but we've seen some flashes with him. He's He's definitely a stretch-the-field kind of guy, deep ball guy. So you could put Galladay and John Ross out there and really uh, you know, stress defenses deep. And we know Dan Jones loves to throw that thing down the field. 
They're still working on Kyle Rudolph. We're expecting that thing to get done soon. So you, you're adding a tight end opposite Evan Ingram. So you got a two tight end thing going. You've added Devontae Booker. You got Saquon Barkley coming back. You still got Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. Like the weaponry around Daniel Jones, Dan, has uh, greatly improved. And we're finally going to get our answer, right? We're going to find out who's been on the right side of history. Now, you've been Team Dan all along. Team Danny Dimes, you have not wavered. I have wavered. Uh, I think last year I was definitely wavering quite a bit. Uh, you know, he's starting to win me over a little bit, but I'm still not 100% there. But I'm gonna get, we're going to get our answer, aren't we? we there's going to be no excuse for Daniel Jones. We talked That's about right. that already coming into this year, but now it's like cemented with this offense around him. If Daniel Jones has a crappy year, and the Giants, you know, are subpar 500 or below. That's going to – they're not going to meet the expectations, and Daniel Jones's head's going to be on the chopping block. You know what I mean? So this is uh, this is the year. This is we, We've talked about it being the make-or-break year for him, but it really is now with these these new additions. This is, a, this is a nasty offense when you look at it on paper. I mean, it certainly has the potential to be. Again, the big thing is, you know, can they stay healthy and can they block up front? I'm – Slightly concerned about the offensive line. Yep, that I was my like, next point. But go on. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like that's going to be addressed. I don't think that's just going to be left to chance at this point. Whether it comes via, you know, some kind of cheap vet signing, someone like a Trey Turner, and free agency is a name that's been thrown around a little bit. Uh, or you know, there's some quality offensive linemen that are now available to the team at number eleven overall in the draft because they don't have to go for that cornerback. Or for that, you know, wide receiver, edge rusher, obviously still a need that could factor into that. But yeah, I think they will address the offensive line. Outside of that, it's very exciting. Um, what the addition of Galladay does allows the other players to be freed up a little bit. Darius Slayton's no longer going to be double teamed. There's not going to be any safety help over top. That's probably going to shift in Galladay's direction. It allows Sterling Shepard to move back into the slot, where contrary to popular belief, he's actually more successful as a player. He's arguably the best route runner on the entire team. So putting him on a nickel cornerback is really going to play to his advantage. Um, Saquon, if he's healthy, coming out of the backfield, that's a dynamic talent. The pressure is kind of removed a little bit from Evan Ingram now, especially with the pending addition of Kyle Rudolph, who provides a great red zone and end zone threat. Uh, another tall, big-bodied receiver that can block people out, go up and get a ball. So Daniel Jones has got two of them now. Um, a field stretcher and John Ross, as you said, the Giants can run five wide now, two tight ends. I form with superstar Eli Penny still in there at fullback. <laughs> Your guy. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of potential with this team pretty much across that board and um, it is it is really potentially exciting and no there is no excuse for daniel jones even if they end up not you know necessarily fixing the o-line to what we feel comfortable with uh i don't think that matters at this point you've got your weapons your other you know the players that are there are now freed up uh you can run you know multiple different offenses which to Garrett's credit, it certainly sounds like that's what his plan is, listening to some of these free agent signings, because what they're saying is not just that they're sold on Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman. A lot of them have said, you know, Jason Garrett is selling me. So I I found that to be interesting, too, because if you watched that team on film last year, if I was an offensive player, I'd be a little hesitant to to come into that offense. So obviously there are some plans for change there because – what he's telling these guys, they're feeling optimistic and excited about. And that makes me, as you know, a Giants writer and a Giants fan, that makes me excited too. So, um, you know, like I said, there's a lot of potential here. Uh, big play, short play, running game, 
power football, two tight end football, you name it. They now have the personnel to run it. Time to get aggressive. Let's go down the field, right? Let's let's be aggressive on offense. You got the you got the weaponry. Uh, yeah, but I think that's a great that's a great point about the O line. You know, minus Zeitler, like they definitely need a guard. They definitely need to go in the draft. And for that number eleven pick, that's a good spot to be this year, Dan. If you're not thinking quarterback, because all these teams ahead of you are going to be dealing with the quarterback thing. There could be a run on quarterbacks over those first ten picks, and there could be like an elite kind of edge rusher right. or guy or defensive tackle or whatever, you know, kind of a, a guy that you could just plug right into your defense week one uh, and play. So I, them, they're definitely going to have to address the offensive line in the draft. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. Right. I mean, that's coming. I mean, their work at free agency really did, you know, did do the major favors when it comes to the draft because now they're going to be able to look at their draft board and really legitimately go outside of a quarterback, they're going to be able to go with the best player available based on need. Yeah. And I know the argument is always just take the best player avail- available, period. You know, that, that doesn't necessarily work. But in this particular scenario, let's say they have a high grade on someone like um, Jalen Waddle, and there he is at number 11. A lot of, you know, the, th- the thought process is, well, they wouldn't, they're not going to grab him now. I, I don't necessarily know that to be true, to be honest. If they have that high a grade on him and he's available, I don't see why they wouldn't, whether that be a wide receiver, a cornerback, or, or what have you. Anything outside of a quarterback, I can see them going with. Uh, but it does. It opens up a bunch of options and allows them to go down different avenues based on what happens in front of them. And the growing thought is that there is going to be that run on the quarterbacks and that it might actually be even more intense than what has been speculated so far. And if that's the case, that's all the better for the Giants at that point. Uh, they're going to come up at number 11 and probably have their pick of the litter. They're going to be able to take whatever top player it is they want at whatever position they want. And that's the sort of scenario you want to have going into round one of the NFL draft. So, again, kudos to Abrams, kudos to Gettleman, kudos to Judge. They put themselves in a tremendous position to help build this roster now. Giants fans should be happy. Don't listen to this crazy guy, Chad Forbes, who's uh, you know throwing those <laughs> scorching hot takes, ripping the Giants over uh, Galladay. Don't listen to Tiki Barber, who said it would be stupid to sign Galladay, right? Like, don't worry about the money. That's our summary today, Dan. Don't right. worry about the money. The money's not a big deal. Did they overpay? Who cares? Don't even worry about it. Not a hey, thing. Hey, listen, if fans <laughs> want to nitpick, listen, if fans want to nitpick some of the contracts, and nitpick the one given to Booker or nitpick the one given the three million guaranteed to Austin Johnson as a backup defensive tackle. You know, the Giants aren't without some criticism, but, you know, complaining about Kenny Galladay or Dory Jackson in comparison to giving, you know, substantial money to reserve players. If you, if you want to complain and you shouldn't, but if you want to complain, complain about that we don't want to hear about Galladay we don't want to hear about Jackson we don't want to hear about Williams talk to us in two years when those look like remarkable deals yeah exactly so uh so let's leave the final word here Dan uh the team made a couple of smaller moves maybe guys not getting the same kind of headlines same juice as Galladay and and Jackson but they had a linebacker Ryan Anderson former second round pick out of Alabama and uh here I, I'm going to try the the name here on the defensive end uh Ifadi Odenbo uh, the defensive end who he so Anderson though the linebacker he played for Washington right kind of a hybrid outside mm-hmm. linebacker defensive end type who could help on special teams so what do you think about him and uh, Odenbo who they added to uh, the line I, I think they're both quality additions uh, Odenbo I expect to have probably a larger role um, than Anderson but Anderson is even though he's a tad bit undersized for a 3-4 defensive end 
Patrick Graham's defense is so multiple that you could probably play him with his hand in the, in the ground or on the outside, and you're probably going to see him in, in both scenarios, actually. He's a real quality run stuffer, which is an emphasis of Gettleman and, you know, of Judge. So I'm not surprised to see them add a big-time run stuffer after losing Dalvin Tomlinson, which, you know, still hurts a little bit. Um, and Adenabo, obviously, he has the potential to be a quality edge rusher and really kind of get to the quarterback. He's flashed that at times. So I think you kind of get the counterbalance with those two signings. And again, those are two quality depth signings, adding good players with experience. And in Anderson's case, who came from Alabama, so he knows what he's getting into with Judge. So he'll probably hit the ground running. And, you know, it's a lot of versatility. The Giants love that versatility. They've signed some guys on both sides of the ball. Um, They also play special teams, and I think you'll see that with some of those guys um, on those smaller deals on the defensive side of the ball. So you're getting a lot of quality and a lot of bang for a little bit of the buck. And I think that's a good, that's a good, uh, you know, counterbalance to some of those big time signings because the giants did come into this off season, you know, almost pathetically thin in, in terms of their roster personnel. And they've done a great job of addressing their weakest points. And as the saying always goes, you're only as strong as your weakest point, and the Giants have certainly shored those up. Well, I know you can spell his name, Dan, but uh, pretty good. Pretty good on pronouncing the defensive end's name. I'm, I'm pretty impressed. You're a pro. You are a pro, my man. It's it's learning to spell them. That's the trick more than uh, anything else. Yeah, that's there's no doubt about it. So uh, amazing stuff as always. That was a fun discussion. Oh man, the Giants, they're they're getting us excited. Hopefully, they're not you know getting us up to let us down, Dan. You know what I mean? Like we're all we're all kind of. We're all kind of ready now. We're ready. The Giants are kind of all in. So uh, how, how much of the gap have they closed on the Cowboys? Are they a better team than the Cowboys? Uh, you know, this is something that we can get into here in future weeks. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but for Dan Benton, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you all next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.